spiritual songs, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. And that's, that's what you have the opportunity to do tonight, to make a melody in your heart to the Lord. Come on, get lost in the, in the praises, in the worship. Listen, minister to the Lord tonight. We're ministering to you tonight, Lord. We're ministering to you tonight, Lord. Lord, receive our worship. Receive our praise. Receive the glory. Receive the honor. Receive, God, all that we're offering up to you today. Lord, it's not about us. It's about you. It's not for us, Lord. It's for you. Lord, fill your people with your spirit. Fill them so full that there comes a melody out of their hearts unto you. That a song comes out of the innermost part of their being. Oh, yamara sobonde ni maradriote. Sana maradruse pere beredrieche. Karanoromo romondo ni maradriende de. Soranana marandono marandriana ni maya. Ko yarabara soboyo. Yele mana mandono morondrina mache. Solam rana na marandrone ne mari. Oh yana maya mose. Oh yana mano marama sebero boye beke. Para zobongeleje. Ora sabano marombea. Para dore sebea. Para dongronde de mangaya. Para sobonde ne maradriote. Para soboye. Pato pombre bengeje. Panamanda dangra nanga dayo, sapra banga jaya bore, tara brande de bere giatara bose, panamosende de maradriote de bea, baragosa pacachaya, para sombrende de maradri, oh yerebe, oh yereme, yeno mara nom ramana, oh namarese. Yero Ramana Mose, Yero, Yero Maya, Yero Ramana Maradorebe, Yeremo Ramana Maraborabe, Yeo Borosica Rabo, Meredere Gore, Marashona Mana Mayarobe, Celebre Ira Bayambore Mengere Die, Senge Jene Mengene Mana, Paradobre Beze Gege, Yere Say. Say, O Panamanda, ha ha, Paradore Besa, Yerobo Robo, Yalaborra Sabande de Maradrobe de Gay, Telembrina Maji Barado, Enemaso Maranana Morege, Sherebre Besaco. Tanamaram Ramayana Marome, Tarabrosa Barande, Sherebremine Mekeo, So Tanom Ramum Remenemete, Parabro Barana Namare, Menenzandana Manje, 
Fredo Rabriete Bejea, Corasobaye, O Yanana Mania Mota. Ah, ya go. Jedebo Rosebengele Day. Who ye pana? Who ye pana shedegeche? Ha, Shedoro do Bosekeche. Hana Marebata. Tedebra o Sekeche Bengeleti. And there's a bandit in Madabose. Tenemoromotono Moroso. Kele Shobongele Tedebora. Breathe upon us, O breath of God. Breathe upon us, O breath of God. Breathe upon us, O breath of God. Blow, wind, blow. Blow, wind, blow. Blow, wind, blow. From the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west. Somrona, breathe life into your army, O God. Every word of us in Grenia, Parandronoromorebe. Breathe upon us. Breathe upon us. Tenemorosopoye. Parandrunenemashi. Elebruesta. Revive us again, O God. Revive us again, O oh God. Revive us again, O oh God. Revive us again, O oh God. Like you did with the first man. Breathe into us, God, your breath, your life. May we be filled with your very essence, O oh God. That with every breath, God, we declare your name. With every breath, God, we lift your praises. With every breath, God, we worship and we adore you. Lo brande de maradruse, shede dorosa, tarieta ramahando no morobose, del fere driete, janamare morocosea, nano marandrudeche, parasukede. <laughs> Blow and blow. Paratrushi directora pata. Anamase. Oh, yeah, pane moche de Ara sabongel en jekeche batere baradora bata. Ana maredrise frebete. Ana sekeje brendere maradrite. Paradru se frebete de Tararo baradrite de borodru. Shukaya bora. Zemarandride Paneje Gechepare Foradamande de Mante 
Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you,
Thank you. Glory, glory. Glory. The Lord is good. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Thank God. Thank God. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> you know, um, some of you are uncomfortable. <laughs> and uh, that's nice. You don't know it, but it's a good thing. Praise God. <clears throat> You can bring up the lights if you, somebody can go back there and bring up the lights a bit. Or there's Joe, yeah. He was. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, maybe some of you, maybe some of you weren't here the night Pastor Ben preached. How many of you were here the both the nights that Pastor Ben was here? Most of you were here both of those nights. Y'all remember when Pastor Ben said that the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God uh, fell on him during those times of revival, that he got kind of, what did he say? He got kind of agitated. <laughs> that throughout the day, he was even kind of cranky. And he couldn't figure out why. He thought, what's going on, you know? Why am I, why am I feeling this way? And he didn't realize it was because of the working of God's Spirit in his life. You know, when the Spirit of God gets to working in your life, um, I, I don't think a lot of times we realize that uh, when God's Spirit begins to touch us, that He will touch things in our life that, um, that He's looking to remove, that He's looking to adjust, that he's looking to bring about change, you know, in those areas. And we never know what those areas are until we get in his presence and the light of God's spirit and the light of the word of God begins to shine on those areas of our life. You know, that's why the Bible tells us that when we walk after the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And it's not that we won't be aware of, of the flesh. It's just that uh, we, we won't yield to that, uh, to that part of ourselves. And, and sometimes it takes, you know, going through that uh, bit of discomfort and going through that time of being a little bit agitated and a little bit on, on edge. But, but that's what happens when the Spirit of God sometimes begins to move, is that it affects our flesh in a way that, um, that we, we don't expect. <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, God, as we begin to, press into the Lord, you know, he begins to press upon us. And when God squeezes us and he presses upon us, you know, uh, and you all have probably heard me say this before, but what do you, you know, what do you get when you squeeze an orange? That's whatever you, you know, you think people always say that they say orange juice or what do you, you, what do you get when you squeeze a lemon or lemon juice? But you know, that's, that's, it's true most of the time, but it's not really true. If you soak a lemon in tea, when you squeeze a lemon, what are you going to get out of it? You're going to get tea. Amen. So the answer is what, what do you get when you squeeze a lemon is whatever's in it. And uh, what do you get when you squeeze a Christian? <laughs> we, would, we would hope that we'd get Jesus. But many times uh, what you get what's in, is what's in there. And, and we don't always like to, to see that or to face that. But it's a part of the process of, of, of walking after the Spirit and seeking the face of God. And so how many of you got to spend some time in prayer today? Um, you know, Pastor Annie was awakened at 4.45 this morning, 4.15. She wants to make sure I know the exact time. 4.15, she was awakened. And when she was awakened, the Lord gave her that scripture, um, Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and that's what the Lord told her. Just that much of that verse of scripture. If my people, which are called by now, we we know because we've talked about it. That scripture in in uh, in Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen 
is the Old Testament, um, is an Old Testament formula for revival. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. But that, that in the, the entirety of that scripture doesn't really translate in our, into our New Testament walk. Because much of what that scripture talks about, about wicked ways and things of that nature, you know, we are no longer, you know, we, we are no longer sinners. We're no longer living in wickedness. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're in right standing with God. And so there are portions of that verse of scripture that, thank God, he is fulfilled, like the turning from our wicked ways. Amen. We've turned from our wicked ways. And so, um, but... Last night when we came together, there was definitely a, uh, a, 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 a wooing from the Spirit to turn away from things. Now, you, I don't know if any of you all noticed this, but I didn't feel like God was rebuking me because of sin. You know, many times whenever we get into, when, when people get into the presence of God, they feel guilt, they feel shame, they feel the weight of their sin and the burden of their wrongdoing. And, you know, I believe that God brings people to that place. Most of those people are not Christians. They're people that are not born again. Or they're people that have been in church that have never really accepted Christ and never had a life change. But if you've had a life change when you get in the presence of God, you know, for the most part, because we've been mostly unaware of uh, uh because we've been mostly unaware of the things that he's trying to do in us next, when we come into his presence, he doesn't rebuke us for not doing what comes next. Because for the most part, we don't know what comes next. Not only do we not know what comes next, we couldn't do what came next if we tried in the strength of our own mind. We couldn't do what came In fact, you know, I was telling uh, Pastor Annie, and I think I may have said this on that Facebook video earlier. You know, God... Um, it was talking to Annie about prayer. You know, we pray, but our prayers when we're outside of his presence and away from that drawing of the Spirit are so much less effective than they are when he's drawn us close to him, when he's drawn us into his presence. So, you know, that verse of Scripture about repentance. You know, we love, run over there to uh, 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. Um, thank God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know, I didn't even, I don't even have it uh, marked. Anyhow, so when, when, you, when you look at that verse, I want, I want you all to know that um, God wants us to, uh, he definitely wants us to pray. And uh, the way that we pray, I think, is dependent upon how he leads you to pray by his spirit. There are so many of us that are hearing so many different things, and he's leading us in so many different ways that uh, we've, got to, we've got to tune our ear to hear what the spirit of God is saying. Um, but what I, don't, what I don't want to have happen and what I hope won't have happen, and are you all there? So, um, Annie, what... Uh, um, you read this from um, you read this from um, the beginning of the uh, book. And so 
Will you come and give some context to what is being said here in 714? Uh, what context was that particular verse? Uh, um, you got up at 415. Got up at 415. So when you read from chapter 1, what was the context of before they got to that prayer? Before That uh, Solomon was building the, uh, the temple um, for them to gather. And um, he, was, it, he was building the temple. I, God had given, or David had prayed, and God had given David the word that um, he wasn't going to be the one to do it. It was going to be Solomon that, that was going to do it. And so Solomon went to the Lord and said, you know, Lord, I come to you and I, I ask for wisdom. And he says, I'm going to grant you wisdom because um, you didn't ask for things like money or possessions or anything like that, but I'm going to bless you with that too. So it just really, it just talks about all the things that they, um, how he built it. So, um, and it's very detailed. And some of the stuff I didn't understand because it's stuff that I don't know how they made things and the words that they use. But, um, once they were through, the, the priests came into the, the temple, I guess it's right. Um, and, and, and so, so Solomon was in a time of concert. He, he, he set himself apart to pray before the Lord. This was before anyone else was involved. He set himself apart to pray. And, and then in chapter 7, it says, now when, uh, verse 1, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. Amen. <laughs> And consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bound themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and, and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good for his mercy endureth forever amen amen so we see when solomon prayed so the the whole setup uh, leading up to if my people which are called by my name before that that statement was ever made in the old testament before that was ever brought forth before that was ever spoken if my people which are called by my name the glory had already fallen the glory of god had already been revealed the Spirit of God had already descended. Something had already happened. Listen, church, we, you all are experiencing, y'all are, we're, we're, thank you, baby. You're, we're experiencing something that most of us, it's, it's foreign to us because some of us, we've, we've been brought up in religion and in tradition. And when, you, when, you're, when you're brought up in religion, when you're brought up in tradition, here's, here's what tradition and religion says. And this has been the New Testament church we have heard people in Pentecostal circles, in spirit-filled churches, charismatic people get together and say, come on, y'all, let's pray together because the Bible says, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then we'll hear from heaven, God will forgive our sins and he'll heal our land. And they, and they say that, but they don't put that verse of scripture in context. Before they could ever pray that prayer, the glory of God had to begin to be revealed. The Spirit of God had to fall. Because you know what? That prayer would have been powerless and, and without effect. Yeah. 
You know, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Do you know what that, do you know what that um, scripture implies? It implies that there are prayers that don't avail much. It doesn't mean they're completely ineffective. But you know what? I think that's what the Lord has been trying to show us here at Winter's Church. Remember, we, I preached the message on, um, on anticipation, the key to the miraculous. And we talked about how that God did special miracles, or in other words, extraordinary miracles. God did extraordinary miracles or special miracles through the hands of Paul. And so uh, I told you all that God desires to do extraordinary miracles. But then we read over in the, in, the, um, in, the, in the Gospels where Jesus, when he went to his hometown, the Bible says he could not do many mighty works there, save lay his hands on a few sick folks and heal them. You know what? Those were miracles, but they weren't extraordinary miracles. You know, the prayers that we have... Listen to me, church. I'm about to tell you all something. The prayers that we have prayed... They've been, the, 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 any, I've told you all this, any time spent in prayer is not time wasted. Prayer affects the, the, the spirit realm. Prayer affects your spirit man. Prayer affects the environment, the atmosphere of your life. Prayer is always valuable. But there is a place in prayer that is more empowered that is more powerful, that, is, that has more of an effect. It's that place of effectual, a fervent prayer. The Bible says it's that effectual, fervent prayer that availeth much. Amen. In other words, it's exponentially better than prayer that's not effectual and fervent. Amen. And that's, that's, that's uh, what I believe um, we can glean out of these verses of Scripture in the Old Testament where it says, if my people which are called by my name. Before God ever spoke to his people for them to pray, for them to seek his face, for them to humble themselves, first he had to show up in his power. First he had to show up. And so here's what religion says. Religion says this, pray and God will show up. But do you know what we've, what's been revealed to us over the last several days? If God shows up, we'll pray. Amen. And we won't pray the same way that we prayed in the past. We'll pray with more fervency and with more effect than we've prayed with outside of his presence. See, everything that we do in his presence uh, grows exponentially more effective than things that we do outside of his presence. And if God's, listen, if God's people would know and learn and understand that God wants to reveal himself in his power and in his glory and in his strength and in his might, that he wants to show up in this way. You know, uh, um, yeah, yesterday, repentance for me wasn't a repentance from from being wicked and rotten and sinful and being in, you know, in the dark and, and uh, uh, away from God. Repentance for me was, I need for, for right now, I need for you to turn away, like Pastor Andy said, I need for you to turn away from Netflix. I need for you to turn away from the things that you've used to try to settle your soul, to try to soothe your own heart, to try to bring peace to your own life, to try to fill your life with entertainment, you know, with, with contentment, to try to... Uh, 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 give you something to live for, something to look forward to. All these things that you've used to uh, uh, 
to try to get yourself to look forward to amen come on now why why do why do why do we watch why do we start watching programs and get uh, connected to them and get addicted to them because we want we want to have something to look forward to Listen, I thank God that for the last four days, we weren't looking forward to a new episode of Yellowstone. Amen. I thank God that for the last several days, we weren't looking for uh, the beginning. You know, we weren't looking forward to the beginning of some new Netflix series or some new. You know what? Before, before Sunday, before Sunday, Gabe and I were anticipating the release of a, of a, of a series that is uh, based on a video game that Gabe had played that we heard is going to be, uh, 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 that people have reviewed it and said it was a super cool series. Now listen, I'm not saying there's, well, you know what, depends on the language and whatnot. But anyway, I'm, I'm pretty sure the language was bad in the game because I think he, he was just a tyke whenever he got it. And I don't know how he convinced his mother uh, to buy him a game that had mature audiences only on it. But <laughs> somehow or another, it 10 years old, he comes with this game. He's like, look, Dad, on it. And first thing I saw was M.A., you know. I'm like, wait a minute, this has M.A. on it. Why? And he's like, well, I might have some bad language. So I made sure to sit in on the first little bit of that game as he stuck it in and started to play it. And as he started to play the game, sure enough, there were F-bombs being dropped. And I, I was like, Gabe, I don't, I don't know, man. Oh, Dad, please, you know. I said, man, turn the volume down and you can play it. I don't want you hearing that stuff, you know. And so, so anyway, <laughs> but we were looking forward, you know, to, to that. But all of a sudden, with the entrance of, of God's word and with the entrance of his presence, there's no longer a, de, a you know, we, we, I, I, tried to, I tried to flip it on. And five minutes after I flipped it on, I was flipping it right off. I mean, I wasn't flipping it off like giving it the bird, but I was turning it. And I went... <laughs> I turned it off. I turned it off. I turned it off. I turned it off. <laughs> but before God, even in the Old Testament, before God ever told his people, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from before he did that he showed up with such power and such glory that the priest couldn't even come into the sanctuary to minister amen and what's the bible say that they do well they worshiped god and they declared he is good amen his mercy endures forever glory to god amen amen you know what that's good enough um, don't, don't get caught in the trap that says, you know, um, cause, th cause there'll be happenings, you know, there are the happenings of God. There are things that happen when we're in his presence. Um, and those things are wonderful, but be, be careful that you don't get caught in the trap and you don't get irritated and you don't get, um, uh, agitated because you don't feel something. You know what? This is not about what we, it's, it's not about what we're feeling in the natural. It's like that woman. That's why I played the testimony of that woman. Her husband goes to that Lakeland revival, you know, with Brother Rodney Howard Brown. And he's, <laughs> he gets caught up in the glory for three days, doesn't even call his, doesn't call his wife till two o'clock in the morning. And, and, and she's suspicious. 
and rightfully so, because most people aren't at church till two o'clock in the morning. I mean, you, you saw the testimony. And this woman, after, and I'm, I'm thinking it wasn't just, um, you know, a few days. It seems like it lasted a few weeks that this woman was wondering about this. And she comes to the meeting, and on her first, on her first visit, and if I'm not mistaken, even the second visit of the meeting, she doesn't, she's irritated. Are y'all hearing me today? Some of you think that because you're irritated, you're not in the flow. Listen, your irritation means you are in the flow. Your your irritation means that you, amen. God's God's working on something in in you, amen. And you know what? The worst worst thing in the world that you could do is is be consumed with the, uh, the irritation. With the agitation, with with what's being affected in your flesh, you know what? We don't walk after the flesh; we walk after the spirit, right. and that and that's why when we're walking after the spirit, when we're when we're walking after Him, why we have to keep our focus squarely on the things of the spirit. Because if you start looking at your flesh, you'll mind the things of the flesh. Because they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit will mind the things of the Spirit. And so we've got to be mindful of the things of the Spirit. So what is it? What, is, what are those things of the Spirit? Well, up until now, it's just been gather and entertain His presence. Gather and, and even, even if it's just sit here. And you know what? Sometimes sitting, uh, sitting in silence or sitting and not knowing the next, the next song, the next step. I don't know if you all realize this or not, but there isn't any worship practice that is taking place before service. There isn't a song list that is being constructed. There isn't some, you know, there are a couple of songs being picked, but uh, sometimes the first song is sung, and then the rest of them are what we would call off the cuff, uh, off script, you know, where there's, a, there's, there's an attempt being made to be led by the Spirit. And, and guess what will happen when you do that? When you're not accustomed to it, when it's something that you've not uh, done uh, regularly, uh, you may uh, you may you may find yourself having a little bit of difficulty getting in that groove and getting in that mode and getting in that place. But every one of you are capable. Turn to someone, tell them you're capable. Amen. You know the Bible wouldn't tell you to walk after the Spirit if you couldn't. The Bible wouldn't tell you the Bible wouldn't tell you that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God if that wasn't true. Listen, some of you need to quit saying I can't and you, you need to start declaring I can in the name of Jesus. Amen. Some of you need to quit saying um, um, some of you need to quit contradicting what the Holy Spirit has spoken to your hearts and what he's what he's uh, stirred up in the innermost part of your being. And you need to agree with heaven. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. He's, he's teaching us. There's, only, there's, there's really only one way that we can accomplish anything for him. And that is to do it in his presence. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some of you are going to be better husbands 
uh, to your wife because you're in the presence of the Lord. Some of you wives are going to be better wives to your husbands because you're in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Some of you going to, you, you know what, you know what will be amazing? It'll be amazing how you find that your kids will straighten out when the Holy Ghost is at work in your life and in your heart. Amen. Amen. Where is Titus? I'm talking to you, Titus. Amen. Thank God. No, I'm just waiting. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Where's Joe? I'm talking to Joe. <laughs> Where's Joe's like? Oh, he's in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> See, by now he'd have been kicked out of Children's Church here on Wednesday, and he'd be sitting in here with the adults. Amen. But, uh, but I, de- I definitely uh, think that the Lord is drawing us outside of this building. He's drawing us closer and closer to himself, drawing us into his presence. And um, it's because we're in his presence that we can pray effectually and fervently. It's because we're in his presence. You know, he didn't, ex- he didn't expect his people to uh, humble themselves and pray and seek his face until first they witnessed the glory until they first saw the invasion of his presence. And so you ought to expect that God will empower you to be able to, uh, to humble yourself and pray and seek his face. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Does that make sense what I'm saying to y'all? Boy, I sure was hoping so because I, I, I felt like the Lord was giving me a, a revelation of this uh, earlier and trying to talk to me about it and of course, it's, these are things that you sometimes know, but you fail to communicate because people start to get things crossed. People will say, repent. Repentance is the key to revival. No, when the Spirit of God falls, you'll repent. And it will, and it will cause, and it'll cause a greater measure of His Spirit uh, to be able to fall and for us to be able to facilitate a greater measure of His Spirit. But you know what? You can't really repent less. Unless, he, unless his grace is extended towards you in some greater measure. Amen. Let me, let me also do this. Can I do something else here real quick? Go to, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, y'all don't even have your Bibles, do you? Uh, put, put it up here. Ephesians chapter 4. I was speaking with Rachel about this. You know, some of you that are new to or that you weren't uh, here in the first four years of Winter's Church, for the first four years that we were here, uh, at Winter's Church, when I st- when when Annie and I started this church, uh, when the Lord told us to start this church, and I, I know people say the Lord started this church, well, you know the Lord didn't step down out of heaven and do this. He he asked Annie and I to be obedient. So, you know, I mean, I, we give him all the glory, but honestly, it was it was work. Anyway, so when the Lord told us though to start this church, when when He spoke to me, of course, Annie wasn't really for it in the beginning. Uh, she thought um, I should just stay evangelizing and stay that course, but the Lord had other plans. And so at that meeting with uh, Brother Shambach, the Lord really spoke to, to Pastor Annie, and, and I believe that's when she received her call to five. Well, you know, she's called from her mother's womb, but that's when the fivefold ministry, I think, was activated in her, and ministry gifts began to be activated in, in, uh, in her. But when the Lord told us to start this church, he spoke to me very specifically. And so for, for those of you that are unaware of this, and I, I, want, I want this to be clear, because I believe that what is happening right now has everything to do with um, 
uh, has everything to do with um, the vision that God gave us as a church. So for the first three, four years of this church's existence, I taught out of Ephesians chapter 4. And I taught um, from verse 1 uh, to about um, verse 7. But verse 7 is the golden text for this church, for this fellowship. So it starts out by saying this, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. In other words, the scripture says, walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of your calling. Now here, let me tell you something. That, that doesn't just mean turn from, when we hear that in the flesh, we hear turn from evil, turn from wicked, quit living a reprobate life, quit living a life that is worldly or whatever. Um, that's not, you know, the, it, yes, it means that, but that's not really what I believe that this, what God was trying to get across to us by this verse of scripture. When it says walk worthy of your calling, really what it is saying is this, walk in a way that you will facilitate what he created you to do. Live your life in a way that will facilitate his purpose. And I don't want in any way, I don't want in this statement that I'm about to make in any way to be associated with the book that was written with the same title. Because that book was a miss. But God wants you to be purposed. Listen, don't go look up this book and read it because I said it. This book will not lead you in the direction that I'm telling y'all. This book that will not lead you in the direction I'm telling you. But you need to live a purpose-driven life. A life that is driven by God's plan and God's purpose for you individually, specifically. Praise God. Amen. Did you hear what I said? So we, we need to walk worthy of that. What does that mean? That, that means... Now, I know that uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to use the most drastic, drastic example of this. And so uh, if Michael listens to this, I sure don't want him to think I'm picking on him. But it's, it's um, one, one, I'm just thinking of him because he's, he's, uh, he's in Florida and Eric as well. But living a life driven by God's purpose means that if God's purpose gets in the way of you doing your earthly uh, job, and what makes you what what uh, um, what uh, what you do to make a living? Then you have to live according to his purpose, and not according to what puts what you think puts money in the bank. Because when you live according to his purpose, then he'll supply all that you have need of according to his riches in glory. Amen. So if a trip to Florida keeps you from what it is that that. Um, from the purpose that God called you. If that keeps you from walking worthy of the calling that God's placed on your life, then you don't go. We had a member today that was scheduled to go somewhere and didn't go because it, it cut cross grain with his purpose. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that because I think Michael needed to, I'm not saying that for that purpose. I'm just using that as an example. Amen. Amen. So turn to someone, tell them, walk worthy of your calling. Say it again. Tell somebody else, walk worthy of your. Amen. Amen. 
Walking worthy of your calling means you leave room for God to do what he wants to do. Uh, what he's created you to do. If, if you don't know what he's created you to do, you will discover it in the process. You can't choose your destiny. You have to discover your destiny. Amen. And then it tells you how to do that with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering. You know why it says that? Do you know why? Do y'all understand why this scripture tells you that? Because when, when you begin to walk worthy of your calling, you'll, you'll try to get big headed. You'll try to think, you, what, you'll, what you'll do is you'll say, well, the Lord did this because I prayed. The Lord did this because I spent time in his presence. You know, if you all would do what I do, you could have the same thing that I have. But y'all aren't doing the work of God because you don't spend as much time in his presence and you don't spend as much time in his word and you don't spend as much time in prayer as I do. But we just, we just talked about that. If we can't do any of it outside of his presence. We, don't, we can do it, but we don't do it very well. We do it on a higher level when we're in his presence. So it says, with all lowliness, meekness, with long-suffering. Say long-suffering. Long you know what that means? That means patience. Some of you are frustrated, and we've been coming together for four days. Some of you are frustrated, and we've been coming together for four days. Say long-suffering. Long that means you suffer for a long time, and you're good at it. Of course, it's patience. Patience is suffering from, amen. Well, why am I suffering? Patience. All of us have had to suffer long. If you're going to get anywhere, you're going to have to suffer long. Amen. Long suffering, forbearing one another in love. And, and notice the text on there at the end. Because when you're impatient, you get cranky. And when you get cranky, you don't want to put up with nobody's garbage. But it says here, forbearing one another, putting up with each other, amen, remaining in fellowship with one another, continuing to hang out with one another, amen. You don't need a Calgon bath, you need a koinonia, that's what you need. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, even as you are called one Hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father who is above all and through all and in y'all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Say this with me. Say, to everyone has been given grace. Now, what is that grace? It's unmerited favor. It's unmerited favor. Grace in that verse of Scripture can be, uh, you can take out that word grace and you can put in there power. Unto every one of us has been given power. Or you could put in that, that right there, you could put anointing. Unto every one of us has been given anointing. In other words, God's given us all something that he wants us to do. And the measure of that grace is determined by the measure of the gift of Christ. In other words, whatever that gift, whatever that, whatever that, is, that, uh, whatever that is that he's purposed for you to do will determine the measure of of grace that is necessary for you to do that, that work. Amen. Amen. So Benny Hinn has a grace to minister healing to the sick that most of us don't have. 
He has a grace to minister healing to the sick. So what does he do? He ministers healing to sick people. Amen. And he does it on a higher level than most of us do because that's the, that's the gift and the grace of God that's in his life. And that grace was given to him according to the measure of the gift. God knew he'd stand before tens of thousands of people, and so the measure of the gift is greater in Benny Hinn because his calling and what God purposed for him to do necessitates that. You know what? Some of you have not yet discovered the fullness of God's grace and God's gift and the power of God and the anointing of God because you've, you've not yet discovered uh, the, uh, the depth or the height, or the width, or the breadth of what God has really called you to do. When you discover His grace, it opens up the door for you then to believe God that He's going to equip you with whatever is necessary to fulfill His purpose. Amen. amen. If God's going to put you, amen. If God's going to put you to preach, you know, and I'm not trying to throw Ted under the bus, but Brother Ted one time, he told me, he said, I believe God's called me to preach. I said, how much time have you spent in preparation for that? How much faith have you exercised in order to facilitate that? I said, if I left you, you know, because he was interested in the associate pastor's position here at Winter's Church when we had, uh, when we had vacated that whole uh, deal and we were, we were looking. He said, I might be interested. I said, okay. I said, so if I had you get up, I mean, we, at that time we were talking about, I think on the, the subject on Wednesday night was demons and how to deal with them. And we, were ta- we just started talking about the origin and the operation of demons. And so I was talking about the origin of demons. Some people think demons are fallen angels. They're not. Fallen angels are fallen angels. Demons came from someplace else. And so that's what we were talking about. And uh, I have a certain way that I, I'm not going to expound on it, but I'm just telling you, you know, that was the direction we were going. And so many people don't know or understand that. So I said, okay, Ted, I said, uh, I, I was in the middle. I said, um, you want to be, say you want to be the associate. Okay. Um, it, it, you feel like the Lord told you that? He said, yeah, years ago when I first got saved, you know, which just happened to be 30 something years before the conversation that we're having. I said, so for 30-something years, you've, you've, you said you've, you believe that God's called you to preach. I said, so if I turn the service over to you this Wednesday and I ask you to continue on the subject of demons and how to deal with them and uh, the origin and the operation of demons, and I say, Ted, you know, um, I need for you to talk about the Nephilim. I need for you to talk about what they are, where they came from, what are the Nephilim, who are they related to in Scripture? Who are they believed to be related to in Scripture? What was their significance? You know, what was, what was the significance of those giants? Why were there giants on the earth? What, what was, why did they come? Why were they here? Where did Goliath come from? Why was there this big old giant named Goliath that David had to slay? You know, talk about that. I said, could you talk about that? And he goes, well, I could if you help me. I said, if I have to help you, I might as well do it myself. So now I've got to, not only do I have to preach, but I have to put words in your mouth too. What for? Why, why not just do it myself? I'll just record, I'll, 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 I'll record something. You guys stick it in a, you know, stick it in the, uh, what we used to have, tape players and, you know, stick it in a tape player, push play and just sit back and listen. 
Walk worthy of your calling. If, if God gave you a grace for something, get busy facilitating that grace. You know, that's, that's a lot of the reason why many of us don't really enter into the fullness of, of the flow of God's Spirit. Because we're, we're, st- we're, still not, we're still not certain. We're still not sure. We're still not settled. And so I believe God's settling some of those things in us. Amen. Amen. Well, you get off course. When you're outside of his presence. But when you get in his presence, man, he'll, he'll set you on course. But see, that was, that, was the, that was the premise on which God wanted us to establish this church. You know what, Melody? The Lord told me, don't, I don't want you to start this church based on your gift. Like most pastors will start a church and they'll start the church and, and they'll gather people around their, per, you know, their personal gift. And God said, I want you to do that. I want you to build this church on the gift and on the grace that's in every individual in the church. I want you to help them to discover their grace, to discover who I've created them to be. Help them to flow in the anointing and in the power of the Spirit that I've called them to flow in. You know what will happen if you get over there in your grace? No matter what you put your hand to to do, eventually it will result in the lost being saved. In the bound being set free. In the sick being healed. Amen. In the church being revived. Amen. And it'll result in being an example that will lead people to the place where they, uh, where they, uh, uh, people in church, where they, uh, where they're revived, where they're set ablaze and set on fire for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. And so as we, you know, as we continue to uh, press into the Lord, I want you to remember that. I want you to remember why the Lord brought us together. Uh, You know, there are many people that they've never heard me talk about uh, those scriptures in the book of Ephesians. They've never heard us, you know, all of us are like, yeah, grace, gotta walk in your grace and, and, and all this stuff. And some of these folks, they don't know, they don't know nothing about that. But uh, that's what that's all about. And he will draw you in and he will reveal, he will reveal his purpose in your life and he will reveal the measure of the gift and of the grace that he intends for you to function in. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank God. Thank God. All right. That's all I have to say about that. Praise God. I just want to make sure I mention those two things. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We praise you, God. You're a wonderful, loving, and awesome God. And we're so grateful, Lord, for your presence that's in this place. God, we thank you that your spirit uh, has the freedom to do all that he desires to do in and through us in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're so grateful for the opportunity that you've given us to entertain your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that you've given us to say yes to you, to say yes to you and no to the devil. To say yes to you and no to the flesh. To say yes to you and no to man. To say yes to you and no to every other voice that tries to speak into our life and lead us in ways, Lord, that you never intended for us to go. And so today, Father, I pray that your anointing and that your spirit would rest mightily upon each one that is in this house. Thank you, God. Thank you that you've that you've opened up a door, that you've opened up a window, that you've opened up a gate 
for us to enter into a place of worship and honor and praise unto you. And Father, I pray that you will continue to lead us and guide us by your spirit. Lord, we have a promise in your word. You said that the sons of God, they're led by your spirit. We are your children. We are your sons. Lord, your word says that to them you gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on your name. We believe on your name, and because we have, we are the children of God. We were once in darkness. We were once darkness, but now are we children of light. Amen. We are no longer slaves to darkness, to fear, to doubt, to sin, to shame. But Lord, we are the children of light and life of righteousness, of peace, of joy in the Holy Ghost. And so, Father, I pray uh, that uh, uh, your name will be lifted up and glorified because of all the wonderful things that you've bestowed upon us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Lord, continue to help us. Continue to give us eyes to see, Lord and ears to hear. Continue to open up our hearts, Lord, with greater, uh, with a, a greater hunger and a greater thirsting. And continue, Lord, to help us in the spirit of our minds to, to comprehend and to understand, Lord, the things, that you're, uh, the things that you're communicating to us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. We love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 amen.